Rocking chair, chair sessions. sessions. With Elisa Di Battista, Maria Teresa Barber. Hello, everyone, and welcome to RCS Rocking Chair Sessions, Volume 83, with artist Stephanie Jaffe. Welcome. Thank you. Hi, Stephanie. <laughs> Welcome back to the Bakehouse. Thank you so much. We're very happy to have you here today. <laughs> very nice to be here. <laughs> and you, you were not far from this studio, actually. You were just around the corner when I mean, you come in the engines on the right side. 35. 35. 35. Right where I could see people come in and make their way Trickle to the through office. And <laughs> it was actually a good, what was going on. a good studio for like openings and like yes, open studios, yeah. right? A good it was, location. Yeah, yes. a good location. And it was also it was during the epoch when you could actually put things outside, and you always had the most amazing artwork. Out. I just I'm a big fan, so I'm happy that you're here today. Um, the I think the not the topiaries just necessarily were the ones that were always out, but you also had sometimes like the more um, the framed works that were also kind of sort of three dimensional. Mm -hmm. And um, I guess I wanted to start with the word fun. Because when I think of your work and I think of your, um, not just public work, but also like your personal, like mosaic work, I think of the word fun. I feel That's like good. your stuff is very, um, there's a type of humor to it. Mm -hmm. um, Absolutely. There's a lot of color. And mm -hmm. I just, I don't know, I, I can't help but smile when I see your work. And I wanted to ask you, like, where does that fun come from for you? Like, where does that, where's source? I think a lot of it is a play on words kind of a thing. Um, I just think that the, the, my work should be accessible. It's okay if it's fun, if it's not that heavy, you know, that people can see it and enjoy it and relate to it. Um, another thing that's very important to what seems to come out of my work is there's a little bit of nostalgia in there as well as, mm -hmm. as the humor, but it's very accessible to people, mm -hmm. I think. Somebody, uh, people always have something to say mm -hmm. about it, mm -hmm. like it it, it to, it. to connect to it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think so. There's that one series um, I loved. It was a, a series I hadn't seen where you, you went through different candies. Yes, and it was I remember that. Yes. You had that yes. here, right? Yeah. 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 I, I remember I that series. I had a little bit of a sugar addict. <laughs> and <laughs> and I love I think it's very beautiful. And then, you know, I was just looking at it and thinking that all that packaging was rather sexy. The kind of the, na the names of things like Red Hots and score bars and things. And so that's how the whole business got started. And, and then you turned them into, you, they were like dresses for figures. I was making, was it? gluing it all together, making the fabric and then sewing that to mm -hmm. make the costumes and whatnot mm -hmm. for them. And these are, these are icons, pretty much, these characters. Yeah, yeah. So you, you glued them, you, you glued them I on fabric? I glued the paper together mm -hmm. to get a sheet of it and then made patterns and made the clothing. Wow. And then made the shadow boxes. So the, the, um, did you kind of print it onto the fabric or did you... No, I just got candy. I had little kids at the time mm -hmm. and I was feeding unwrapped candy to all their friends because I wanted the wrappers. 
Yeah, so you were just collecting the candy. the field with Have a pile of, you know, empty Milky Way bars and whatnot. So they must your bars. Your kids must have been really famous. Like, everyone wants to hang out with them. And I would say, if it was wrapped, they all knew, be careful with the wrapper. Oh, it's too funny. I love that. No, and I feel also like the, the titles you gave them were really humorous. Like, when yeah. I was going through your website, yeah. I think one of them was like, he might not be the one for you. I forgot which. Um, oh, Henry. Yes. yes. Oh, Henry. And then something like, oh, he might not be the right one for you. I thought that was so funny yeah. and humorous. And I could see the nostalgia. Um, the museum, not museum, it looks like a museum because it's so vintage. Um, the hotel in New York City. Yeah. Um, where you did um, artwork for uh, mosaics. I was looking, and just as recent as this year, you have people that are taking images of your artwork within the the oh, at the Franklin at the Franklin I in didn't New York City. That. Yes, no kidding. your pieces are still up there. Yes, they are, and they're so beautiful, and they have that nostalgia to them. Well, it was supposed to be Central Park mm -hmm. at the turn of the century, and so I did a little study of all the areas because that hotel is really close to the park. Mm -hmm. So. It, that's what it was so, supposed yeah. to so be. So I saw people still posting images of your work. I was like, oh my goodness, your work is still there. And, and still great. I never realized that you were doing mosaics, that we were doing a lot of public art installations when I was at the Bakehouse here oh. with you. I never, and I only saw the work that you had in your studio. Well, it was like two separate things it was going kind of like on. Yeah. So when did you start with the mosaic work? Well, I, I had seen the mosaic work years ago. A friend of mine showed it to me, and she was said to me, "This is for you." But I couldn't see it. Mm -hmm. I just kind of dismissed it. Um, I when I started my work, I mean, can I jump away from that? Yeah, that totally. Where? Okay. So when I went to, I guess I started my work like ceramics and painting when I went to art school, and then I saw glass, and I was all about glass. Like mm -hmm. I was a time in my life, every single person I knew was a glass artist. You know, wow. I had a glass studio, and it was like only that. So I wasn't really thinking so much about mosaics. I mean, I was pretty aware of an artist named Larry Fuente. He did things like he made a quarter horse, oh, wow. like a quarter of a horse with all quarters. He covered a car. Oh, he goodness. has a piece called Game Fish in the Renwick. Like, I was aware of him. Um, but I didn't do anything with the mosaics. In the early 90s, when I came to Miami, I was aware of the art in public places just sort of aware of it. I had little kids at the time, but I was kind of thought about it. Mm -hmm. Gee, that's something I would really like to do. Didn't really know how to go about it. Now I could think of ways I could have gone about it. At the time, I couldn't see it's it. It's always hard. Yeah, I, mean, I was like, I could have done this. So I was going down to Lincoln Road to the Art Center. Mm -hmm. I'd take life drawing classes. Oh, nice. And um, I lived up in Aventura. My husband at the time didn't really like going down there. And I wanted to go to Lincoln Road for something else besides eating and walking up and down, like I wanted to belong. Yeah. So I took more, you know, more classes. And they had this mosaic class, Alexi Sabido. He was an eight house artist. He taught oh. the class. It took me like about eight seconds to <laughs> figure the whole thing out at that point. And I was off and running. Oh, I was no. like, this is for me. And then I realized that if I did something bigger in the mosaic, like if you have to have done it to do it, mm -hmm. so I did something at a school and then that gave me some experience and I could continue with it. Wow. Because that is really one of the hard things about art in public places and I, 
I know because I've been applying to, you know, things that Amanda Sanfilippo is now yes. the um, coordinator there. And she's been inviting me and I've been applying, but it's kind of like really hard with, you know, if you use studio materials, like materials that you use for the artwork that you do in the studio for like exhibitions, mm -hmm. and then you're trying to do like a proposal for art in public places where most of the artwork is going to be outside. It's right, going to be in the weather. It's going to be in the sun. It's going to be in the water. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know. We were talking about it earlier um, with Elisa's artwork as well. So the mosaic is, I feel like one of, if it's not a steel sculpture or something like really right. metal. It's and very permanent. Mosaic very is it's an ancient yeah. technique. I yeah. mean, same with the glass. I mean, that's like a technique that people still use the same techniques for it, you mm -hmm. know, when they blow glass. Oh. But it's, it's a very strong material. Mm -hmm. And it's a nice metaphor, you know, all the little pieces coming together to form the whole is mm -hmm. a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah. Right? And you, you have such mastery of it. I think there's this one of, of a park you did recently, and there's like an octopus, and it has like this three-dimensional basketball coming out from the actual yes, I just mosaic. Did that. So exquisite, just so Thank well you. done, beautiful, beautiful. And then I, I saw it from afar, and I was like three. It's almost like a triptych. Yeah, and I was like, oh my goodness! If only there were more funds to just fill in that triptych and just like make it just one continuous. Well, it would be great. <laughs> <laughs> and all the people that lived across the street said the same yes. thing. Just keep going. Just keep going. <laughs> no stop. Yeah, it so but it's more. it's really that you have to fabricate all the pieces as well. Is that the process? Depends how you're doing it. You could use a fabricator if mm -hmm. you you know there is. That's one way, or you can make it yourself. I, I had this L that I did here and we had another studio upstairs and I had this whole computer map that I made and people were putting in all the pieces by my map. There's all <laughs> kinds of ways of doing mm -hmm. it, you know. Mm -hmm. But um, I think the best is to get it fabricated in your studio or elsewhere and go out to the site. You wouldn't want to be standing out on a piece site. Piece by piece like by piece. The Sistine Chapel, no way. <laughs> Yeah, so you put it together already you in the studio. Yeah, you get it ready to yeah. wherever it's going. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. How I, many mosaics have you done by it? I don't no. know, but I don't really think of myself. I wouldn't want to only be a mosaic artist. Mm -hmm. I think of it more as a collage or an assemblage. Mm -hmm. You know, or really all my work is like that. When you mm -hmm. think of it, all these pieces different pieces coming together, coming together, and together. right, mm -hmm. right. When was the time that you were like, say, stepping away from glass? Because glass is like something you don't do at all anymore. Or I do really you still... shouldn't. I don't, and I sh unless it's involving glass in the not stained glass. I don't really love stained glass mm -hmm. that much. <laughs> I like um, the smalti. It's a Italian, uh, very heavily colored glass that you, you are used in the like the Byzantine mosaics. I like that. Um, why did I stop? Because I, I had a studio after college in Philadelphia with a classmate, and it was also a romantic thing, and um, eventually we broke up. So the studio pretty well broke up, and I ended up, I had an opportunity to do something else in Florida, and mm -hmm. I came here. And I didn't see my way to do that. I was all the way up by Hollywood. Mm -hmm. Only glass shop I knew at the time was at um, FIU, and it was 
it just wasn't so happening. Far. Yeah. You need a lot of equipment, right? For a, I think you well, need a like kiln. A, you need a crucible full of hot glass that's running 24 hours a day, and you're responsible for it until you shut it down. It's, it's a big deal. Whoa. You know, oh. and then I, I started a family. I couldn't be going down to the glass shop at that time of life. Yeah. You know? mm -hmm. So, but I completely understand it and would love to be able to do something with it. It, it would be great in the public art. Yeah. yeah. I know that uh -huh. UM has a glass shop. I mean, yeah, Jenna, Jenna works there. Jenna, yeah. Unfortunately, I can't go in because of insurance reasons. <laughs> but, you know, maybe one day my life will go back that way. We'll see. You would have to be either student or faculty probably, right? To go I don't know, but mm -hmm. yeah, to go in there. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But you could always have parts fabricated for something else mm -hmm. by someone else. Mm -hmm. That's nothing. The mm -hmm. law says you can't do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? Oh, it's so funny. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about how you grew up? You were in New York, right? You I were grew born up in, in New York. I was born in New York. Well, I was actually born in, I was born in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. And Brooklyn. some of my parents are both from Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. And I was raised on Long Island. They couldn't afford Brooklyn when they were young. So Nobody everybody moved out Brooklyn. to the potato fields of Long Island, and that's where I grew up. And um, I always made art. I would, my first installation, I glued the game Candyland to the basement walls. <laughs> parents were not mad. <laughs> they were, okay, she's an artist. <laughs> they were very nice, you know. Really well. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. My mother got mural paper and put it all oh. over the basement and let us go for it. Oh, wow. So sweet of her. Yeah, we always did great things. Mm -hmm. I was thinking the pattern making. Um, who taught you to do that? Like to actually like follow a pattern and like. Well, at out one and... time um, after school, I before I had the glass shop, I came back to New York and I worked for an aunt of mine who was in the sweater business, and I was in the design room actually knitting. We were doing sweaters, and I was taking classes pattern making, and I was at FIT. FIT. Yeah, but it was. I did that twice, but it wasn't really for me. I needed to work, you know. So, but it wasn't really my calling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Andrea went to FIT, she mentioned, um, yeah. for her design work after she was a ballerina. I think it's a good school to actually... Yeah, and I had sewing fashion. machines. I had my grandmother's sewing machine, and I love to experiment with it. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, how did you uh, get the... Because you were in New York until you left for college? I went to, right, to Tyler. Why did yeah. you decide to leave? To leave New York? Yeah. To go to Tyler? Yeah. Well, I really wanted to go to RISD. I had my heart set on that, but Aww. I didn't get in there. And I, but I, when I got to Tyler, I was so happy. Aww. So I stayed there, mm -hmm. you know, and then I came back to New York, but then I had the opportunity to open the glass shop, and that was in Philadelphia. So you went back for that? It was like nothing to drive back and forth. Mm -hmm. I would, I was, was so close. So close. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where'd you park on the street? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Because sometimes finding parking in New York is so difficult. You're yeah. like, yeah, on the street, just whatever. Well, maybe go back and forth. It was yeah. nothing, yeah. Oh, and so then good. coming down to Florida, was that also like, did you get an opportunity to, to, to work here? Or how did you decide to come down here? I had, it's a kind of a crazy thing, but I, was, I had an opportunity to manage a country club, believe it or not. And that's what nice. I did. Whoa. It was completely crazy. And, I, you know, and I did it. And that's how I came here. I love that. In Hollywood. That's incredible. So that's what I was like, completely in another world. And I did that. And, you know, I had a 
Would you get ideas when you were working? Because how do you get the job to manage a country club? I knew the right people. <laughs> you can make a lot of money in a short time, no? But they had I had a studio in it. It was like another social place next door, and this. Oh, uh, and I had my lovely. studio downstairs, so I could just leave like right away and go downstairs and do my work. Oh, that's amazing! So, so and then nice. later on, I came to the bakehouse. Oh, that's great! When did you come to the bakehouse? And I think it must have been 2004. I was here. I was 13 years here. Oh, no way! That's amazing. I had no idea. Mm -hmm. I think that's such a great amount of time to like really develop like yourself as an artist and your practice. Mm -hmm. And like you ended up doing, you know art in public places and besides having exhibitions and stuff of your own so mm -hmm. you really were able to like extend it and use it to its fullest potential and i met a lot of people like mm -hmm. i saw a lot of different uh i saw four administrations and a lot of different groups and in the end i think i was one of six or seven people that were still here that were from like from dan, dan yeah dan yeah. and Tina Gerby. Yes. Well, I think I was here before them. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's really great. Yeah. I like that. I had a question. Do you have one? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So um, my question was, in terms of you've you've made it to Tyler. You mentioned, obviously, glass and painting. What type of painting were you interested in when you were there? Well, I guess I did a lot of landscape painting, but the okay. I saw glass in uh, pretty young. They had a rule that you couldn't take glass unless I think you were a junior, and they the oh. person who was the head of the department was really strict and uh, kind of difficult. I was just my lucky day. <coughs> Excuse me. I went in and I was able to go into the program, and I was just bitten by it. It was just so exciting. My teacher was John Clark, and it was a really a burgeoning scene because these were the like um, the, the second generation. All these people, uh, that when glass came out of the factories, and Harvey Littleton was the first glass artist to really make work in those studios. Mm -hmm. All these teachers in those in the schools were his students, and it was a super exciting time to be in the glass world. Mm -hmm. So we were completely energized. Mm -hmm. So that made it really fun. What did your artwork look like? What did well, you? I was really into mixed media, and at the time, it wasn't so accepted. Mm -hmm. You know, really? No, it was not. Mm -hmm. Not yeah. like you see today. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was I, more like you're either this or you're that. You would like the purity of it, and uh, there was like uh, only Thurman Statham really did mixed media work at mm -hmm. the time. That mm -hmm. was somewhat so acceptable. much, yeah. Oh, and I you would that. mix also glass with other... I would do it and then dress it up my style. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. Yes. <laughs> do you remember one of your pieces that you did at school? Yeah. Your favorite piece? I can't remember a favorite, but I just remember that I was... Um, I one time made an entire dollhouse and uh, slumped all this glass to make all the outfits and whatnot. And, wow. And it had fabric and just, you know, all kinds of things. Wow. So. I want to talk also about like memory because I feel like besides the fun, um, there's a lot of I feel there's a nostalgic um, essence. This to your is work. a really big thing I'm thinking about right yeah. now. You know, um, well, I love to collect. Mm -hmm. Like I am, I am just a big flea marketer, thrifter. Like I just love to take me with you. <laughs> yes, I love. I always go. I'm getting something out of it. You know, and it started me thinking about people collecting things. 
you know, if, if what people collect. Mm -hmm. Because you, you sometimes, you know, it started, I had one piece, um, it's Puss in Boots. And I made it because I bought somebody's boot collection and somebody's cat collection. I mean, but this is all in China, you know, that I was using for the mosaics. But people collect stamps, people collect dolls, people collect little soaps, like all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's like a whole psychology to it. Mm -hmm. Why? Mm -hmm. And now people think about um, uh, downsizing, yes, minimalism, oh, all these things. Even the whole global warming business, like we're just like getting swallowed up in our own stuff, mm -hmm. you know? So I did, somehow I'm feeling that in my work, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Because I was definitely gonna mention about the pieces that they seem like they're all, they're each so individual or they each have their own little history to them. And when people look at them, when they would come in my studio or they see them, oh, my grandmother had that. I remember this from whatever. Or absolute horror, is that a Hummel? Like they might hate a Hummel, but how could you have done this to a Hummel kind of thing? Like there's all this kind of interaction. So I kind of like to experiment with, I mean, I love China and it's you know a good material for me to use, but really thinking about doing pieces with other people's collections and just sort of making a, observation about you know what we all do with our stuff mm -hmm. yeah I think there was um I was very torn I, I when I do the previews I normally pick like one or two images I really like it was the kind of like separate looking wife the one I selected the mosaic so yes. beautiful and then the other one was the china made of china yes <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was so humorous and so my question is like when you're chopping up the pieces is it like you randomly go at it with a hammer or you selectively so select cut. the pieces it's that you want all cut okay you know some of those pieces are cut on a bandsaw okay and um i take them somewhere because i don't have a big bandsaw and guys help me cut them but uh, all the china it's like fit together like a jigsaw puzzle yes. and if you look my I'm pretty tight with my seams I don't like mm -hmm. big grout lines I like tight grout lines mm -hmm. yeah. yeah I noticed that um, also for I feel like you mentioned mixed media there there comes a point when you branched off from making the two-dimensional when did you start making like the topiaries and more the three-dimensional sculptural pieces um, that are 3D. Well, I was, I had done the, I was, I really was painting with the china because when you, sometimes when you look at mosaic, like I guess for the same reason I don't like stained glass, so much, I just can't get past what the material is. But I, being that I love the thrifting so much, all these patterns in the dishes, they're so great, it's endless. And then when they break, they look different and you have like all this pattern. So for that, I really liked it. Mm -hmm. You know, and then so it just got to a point where I said, "Well, why am I only buying this? Why don't I buy the the three dimensional objects?" And then when you look at an artist like Nick Cave, I'm like, "Well, why not use everything?" Why <laughs> <It's like, laughs> well, have limitations? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why well, hold uh, back? Yeah, the um, it was it looked like an elephant, but it really wasn't quite an elephant. Was it like a not a donkey? But it was like this 
it was very cuddly looking piece of china and then you you retrofitted it it had these flowers and so my question that i'm getting at but very convolutedly is <laughs> do you make some of I these pieces all yourself i okay, made great. all the flowers okay because yeah. i'm like i've started seeing some of these pieces repeatedly throughout but in different colors i was trying to give it my own look yes. they're clearly like cake flowers but i made the tools so that i could make them bigger Okay. I got the idea that if they were bigger, this would go faster. But in fact, you can't make the small turns. So then you had to make a whole mess of little teeny ones. And I just thought that incorporating that gave it my look. So you started making your own as well. So, yeah, okay, and I was great. really getting off on the, on the idea that I could make so many of them so fast. How do you make the flowers? <laughs> I made, and made mush out of clay and then extruded it. But that's, not, that's nothing. You have to paint them all. And then first start the mosaic. It's incredibly time-consuming. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I started some pieces. And you might have seen the, the it's, um, did the iconic figure of Audrey and the picture of her. And it has the china, plastic toys, buttons, and just, like, trying to incorporate more stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, maybe it's going to be your grandmother's sewing box or something of yours you just can't let go of and it can work its way into a piece mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah for me it's still like or what I'm really like what I'm really having in my mind also is always like the the brands like even if it's like candy brands but also if it's like older like um like you know that the, the Still, China is kind of like branded in some way, you know, it's some spe special recognizable. That's is that kind what of you like, mean? yeah, like, that is recognizable. And yeah. I feel like you're, you're turning something that is recognizable, that has like a story attached already, and you're completely like reformulating it into yeah. a new story, and, but, right? Deliberately, because, yeah. you know, the way people live, like I have a China cabinet in my house, mm -hmm. and I have, you know, and my TV is small. I'm not that popular because of the, I don't have, like, the giant thing. <laughs> you know, it's, people don't value that so much. I mean, it's just uh, these little, you know, just another, making a more modern way of looking at something um, mm -hmm. old. Yeah. And it's a different, different way that we live, you know. I remember when I was uh, living in Austria, I actually inherited my grandmother's sister's china collection. Mm -hmm. I remember that. And it was really beautiful. It was, I think, somewhere from Germany. Also, with the beautiful flowers. Right. And it, was, it really meant meant a lot to me, you know, to have like the, the beautiful china. We Where would do like now? Sunday brunches with the beautiful right. china or something. I grew up with that. And and funny enough, my husband is actually also from the flea market. He got this blue that is all only in blue, but it has like scenes like more English, I think. Yeah, transferware. Right? It's so beautiful. Beautiful. Food tastes better on it. I think you eat on something beautiful, drink out of a beautiful glass, it tastes I really, better. I really love, love that. And yeah. it improves the experience. It does. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting how you, and I think also like as a, as a person growing up in Austria, the homo, oh my God, for my grandmother, the oh, yeah. homo. Like if you do harm a homo, you know, then you're going to be like... You know, in serious trouble, kind yeah, of. But exactly. I love that you don't. You don't have like those you. You think you 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 enjoy those things, and they are precious to you. But then in your artwork, you you also feel like, you know, you feel comfortable also breaking them or shaping them the way you well, need it to. Well, some of them right? were so lost; they're better off with me. <laughs> 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 you gotta save them. them. So when some 
saving them much more importance, I think. Yeah. Especially if they were damaged or something like that. Yeah. Right? Do you feel yeah. that people that know you and the type of work that you do start to give you things? All the time. Really? Oh, they are. All the time. People would come here and bring me things. Especially Donna Steffens. Oh, my oh, God. Yeah. She would always give leave me, it was like a present all the time. Oh, that's amazing. And then it would be crazy. There'd always be something really good in the bag. <laughs> Like it's Christmas every yes, day. Yes, but people do bring me things. Oh, that's excellent. And then I have some commissions from people that, that gave me their stuff. So I, that's why I'm saying pieces. I really mm -hmm. want to go down that road. I would love to, you know. I think it's also more of a challenge, like when people are like, here are the puzzle pieces, put it together, yes. versus you having the freedom to do whatever you want. It is more of a challenge to like make it, you know, squeeze every little right and take these things out and enjoy them it maybe doesn't have to be on your table your counter it can be on your wall or mm -hmm. it could be a sculpture mm -hmm. when, when the people are bringing you you know their kind of you know personal I don't know if it's memories or their personal things and you turn Collection. them into an art piece is that do you feel like you you're you're making like portraits of them or it what could is be. what it is could like, be. what is in your head when you when you get like the pieces from other people like if they give you Do the they materials tell you make whatever you want or is it more like they come no they, so they bring far it's and been yeah. it's been make what you want oh that's amazing. i would love it if someone gave me their dishes and said make me i would really i, I wouldn't be insulted i'd be happy <laughs> like make a portrait or something yeah, like right? right out of your grandmother's dishes or something oh, it would be i, I think that. it would be cool that would be cool no i, really I don't know why i thought of portraits but it's like with well maybe the, because i posted with, a portrait also but you're with so the, much more with than the that. dolls right you use dolls as well not so much right now. Not so no, much. Not so, not so mm -hmm. much now. Mm -hmm. I did a lot in the past. Mm -hmm. Not so much now. Mm -hmm. How do you feel? Because like I did go through like the archival and then like the more like e like different eras of like your work. Yeah. How do you feel that you like you've kind of like progressed through? Like, what do you feel that you've learned from um, like the process of making mosaics and also like you say mixed media work? Well, I'm making that you did bigger things. Oh. I never would have imagined that I made big sculptures. I mean, I wasn't a sculpture person. Mm -hmm. I was making studio glass bowls, going to American Craft Council shows and taking orders on bowls and platters and vases. Like to make something really big, you know, is amazing and i love 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 the public art process I I, it's say. very difficult i wish i had more mm -hmm. honestly the it's, veterans one you made was so beautiful it's like the large v with the mosaic i love the really process gorgeous. working with the people i mean it's the part that you would think would frustrate you the most is extremely interesting to till you can really bring it to fruition it takes a certain temperament Mm -hmm. You know, you have to work with the people and not have a gigantic ego. No, you're so nice, though. <laughs> you know, you, you can't, you know. I work with those veterans. They had a vision of what they, you know, how they saw it. And oh, wow. So, but then when it's done, it's what a satisfaction that it will be there longer than an art show is up. Yeah, definitely. Know? So many eyes will witness it and yeah. get to enjoy it. Right, so... I, I love it. I, I wish I could do more. Are you how how do you get like two more of those artworks? Are you in invited by different schools? No, or you, you apply. Is it always through the application that you got those? I have not. Been, I'm not at that. There are people who are invited. I'm not. 
at that level. Oh, <laughs> it's going to happen pretty soon. After they see that part, it'll definitely happen. That well, you apply, but you have to realize there could be 300 people applying. Mm -hmm. Architects are applying. You know, it should be for artists, but there are a lot of architects applying. Mm -hmm. All types of people. It's extremely... Competitive, uh, yeah. And then when you finally get to be in the finals, you better really swing your bat hard. And then the jury just has to like you, too. You know? How did you learn to do all those plans and like because you have to kind of the for, to be in the final yes. finalist right you have to bring like a yeah, really yeah that's really hard because intense. I mean my computer skills are good enough but they're I'm not you know the greatest okay and you need somebody that's going to do really basically architectural renderings I mean mm -hmm. I just pay for it you mm -hmm. know uh, but if you can do it yourself all the better. Mm -hmm. But, I, you know, it came a point I started to think it's like a judgment on your, you know, it has to be beautiful. Yeah. You can't go in there like... Here's a with, drawing on a napkin. <laughs> it may be in 10 years ago, but not now. I mean, yeah. no way. Yeah. I could yeah, see that's that. what I was thinking. You really have to learn these architectural programs and like that. People the... don't have imaginations mm -hmm. like we all do. Mm -hmm. But if they have somebody from the community on the board, I mean, they have to know what something's going to look like. Yeah. You know, and they feel responsible for delivering a good correct portrayal. Yeah. That the, 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 the piece vision. is going to be good. Unfortunately, you know, I think they look at artists too, like, Oh, you did a budget for twenty thousand dollars. Gee, let's give you one for thirty. Like, if a person has a good business acumen and has managed budgets in in business or in their job, you'd think that they would know how to manage a larger budget. But it seems like you move in increments. To me, it seems like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think also, like you say, the the competition. I think. You never really know, to you, like with the who's on the panel and who selects it, and I think it's it's case by case. Has it happened to you that you were a finalist and you went through all this work and you did all the plans and you didn't get selected? No, you bet. What would you it say? Happened? Happened? I have an entire file of unrealized projects, oh. and you would look on somebody's wall and you know, like, what have you been doing? Like, you have to apply. You might have got to that point. Oh, I mean, no. it's sad. You know? What percentage would you say? Is like yay versus nay. Don't even ask. Like even one out of ten, <laughs> one out of twenty. You probably have to put out like forty or fifty to get one. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. I guess. gotta crank them up. Don't yes. take rejection as a no. no. Just but I think going. if you're in the finalist stage, you get some financial support, right, to finish that, or or no. You put in a lot more hours. You of put work. in more honesty. It's just a courtesy, mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. Especially if you didn't make those renderings yourself. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Do you feel like it gets easier for you to do this process, like the applications that it, it you know, you've been doing yeah, it? Yeah, you have to get something you have to get used to. You get used to it, right? Yes. And then it, yeah. it goes quicker? Or I can goes... think of ones I did earlier on that perhaps if I had had better renderings, oh, maybe. Better I don't renderings. know. I mean, it's just luck, like mm -hmm. life. It's luck. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. But that is, I, I feel like for, like you said, for a long, for a lot of young artists, that is really, I'm not sure if it really is an income in the long run because you spend so much money. I don't know if you get really 
paid the hours that you're working it's in the end? It's not a living, no. It's, it's not, not really a living, it's right? Not. But I it's, thought it was when I first saw that's it. That's you know? what I was thinking because... <laughs> like, wow, I could really... <laughs> live on that. But it's still like one there way to, that do, to generate yeah. income, right? I'm sure but, there are people, but not... But also visibility. Mm -hmm. I think, like you said, it's a permanent solution that will be there. It is so satisfying. Yeah. It's a, if you like it, it's a yeah. super... Mm -hmm. satisfying thing to do. Mm -hmm. I really did enjoy that. I just so um, so intricate, like the the mosaic work that you did for like one of them. It was like a, a, a really large. I think it looked over like nineteen feet almost. Mm -hmm. um, just really huge sculptural pieces. And like you said initially, that's not something that you ever imagined yourself doing. Oh, yet no. here you are mm -hmm. making these. Right. That's really even phenomenal. making something you can't move yourself. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm discussing things that are um, like nostalgic and memory. Um, why topiaries? Why? That's a good question. Um, I, that's a very good question. I have a series of topiaries. Okay. That could it could have been just that. I'm not the greatest gardener, but I love <laughs> to garden. Because you have these really lovely series of topiary pieces. Mm -hmm. What is to, what is? It's there? a shape tree. Oh, it's the, they're beautiful. They're kind of captivating. It reminds me also of Alice in Wonderland almost. It's like it, it's like like fun, but also like of other like yesteryear kind of like. Right, I kind of made them till I know. couldn't make them anymore. I made a lot of them. Yeah, <laughs> I could picture like I don't know, like it reminds me of like Pleasantville, like very happy and. But I I don't know. I always remember when uh, when I saw or when I went by your studio, it it has like a fairy tale character but I'm not sure if it's just fun for me for me it was always a little scary too like for me it was scary yeah, it was always a little scary too why it was, is it because it was like severed the pieces dolls or maybe I don't know maybe the dolls <laughs> and the way you dressed so them or something right or it was like I don't know it was it was because you say fairy tale Alice in Wonderland I always thought things, things were so much you know? fun it's meant to be, it was meant to be humorous. And yeah. Not the, but I guess dolls can be, you know. I think some dolls people. were scary to me. I think you've watched too many scary movies. <laughs> <laughs> of the murderous puppy. They or, will not come uh, alive. It's not Chucky. It's yeah. Chucky. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the dolls scare me. I don't know dolls. what it was. This doll. But my grandmother also had a big collection of dolls. She, yeah. she was collecting dolls all through her, out her life. And she was 102 when she passed away, and the dolls were still there. So maybe you her had bed. A, I yeah, had my maybe. foreign doll collection. I don't want. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I had two sons. I did, they're not playing with them, but like, I, I can't get rid of it. It's oh, in a no. box, you know? <laughs> Oh well, hopefully you don't get rid of those yeah. grandchildren, or make make a make a <laughs> make piece, a piece. <laughs> make the collection piece with them. Make a piece with the collection. Cut up the dolls. Would you do that? No, 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 no. 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 Don't do that to the dolls. That would be so sad. Because no, I was thinking, in terms of triggering memory, um, I had no idea that would trigger such a strong memory with you. What do these pieces trigger for you, individually? Does each one have like a different? emotion or did you think of them having a certain do you start off the process with a vision in mind or you just have all these pieces you want to kind of sort of play with I think sometimes the materials kind of speak mm -hmm. to me in a way and I just I just keep 
you know, gathering more. I always, people always say, where do you get all this? I mean, I was constantly doing it. And I get, it comes out of the materials pretty much. I mean, I could think of something every 10 seconds. It's just, you have to evaluate, is that worth doing? Because you know, it takes a lot of time. It takes yeah. a lot of time, right. And that's, so that's what sketchbooks are for. But if you have an idea, who lives in, well, we all are like that. It lives in your mind and then you just feel the, the need to do it. Yeah, because I do right. agree with it. It is beyond mosaic. It is like collaging at times and just like, um, just like the way you just gather two different things and then they, all of a sudden they become one. And you're mm-hmm. like, why didn't I see this before? Like, this makes perfect sense. I think it, they kind of... Yeah, the mater- it comes out of the materials. Certainly, sorry, sure. you're going to say something. Um, Elisa was mentioning some of the titles. How do you come up with the titles? How does that happen after? I don't know. Just uh, it just comes to me. So you f- do you finish the piece first, or is that something that comes? It can be either way. Okay. Okay. I thought okay. of it in the first place, like China. I thought of, yeah. I thought of now I'm gonna make yeah. it do China, and then oh, I did, got so the, 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 the I, I just then I, I cut the, the shape of it. I thought it was hilarious. I totally chuckled. It was right. a good. I was like, this is so good. But then I saw the other one. I was like, oh no, this is so beautiful. But they, they couldn't stop laughing. Like I'm smiling right now. It was just such a good pun. I love that. <laughs> so so I do too. I really so do good. too. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Where where do you see yourself going? Like, if you had like all the resources you could possibly need, where do you see see yourself going in the next five, ten years with your artwork? Well, as we said before, I want to explore this whole thing with the collections. That's in the immediate. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm doing. I started uh, doing iconic uh, portraits. I a lot of people do it. I, I wanted to try it my style, so I've been working on that mm-hmm. and always pushing for another public art project. Mm-hmm. For real, that's... Yeah. Right. That's awesome. I also like how you don't just um, keep it just centered to like Miami. You do apply in other areas yes, here in, I do. in Florida. Mm-hmm. But I have a lot of projects in Florida. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, it's been very good to me. I mean, I'd like to have elsewhere, but Florida's been good to me in that regard. Mm-hmm. No. Do you have another studio now? Where are you located? I don't. Now? I'm no. working. I have space in my home, nice. mm-hmm. and so far, I've really been enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, what was the the studio space? What did it mean to you? Like we were also asking, like you know, the the people that came to us in our rocking chair, what the bakehouse meant for them. You know, yeah, what the it alumni. was what it was that they enjoyed here, having the studio, like, Well, it's in. the camaraderie of yeah. the other artists, mm-hmm. for sure, that mm-hmm. other people are doing work and those kind of collaborations, those friendships, just mm-hmm. that you're not alone in it. Mm-hmm. What I don't miss is, you know, you are breathing other people's materials, I think, like, <laughs> you know, when you come in here, like, everything's shiny, and you got to wonder, you know, and... Someone behind me was using marine spray or whatever. I think for health-wise, it's okay. Take a break. <laughs> I have thought of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I feel like, um, especially when you're new to a city, the, to get to know people from the art community, you get to know, to have like this, um, you know, this pool of of friendships that are, that friends that you can choose from kind of in a way right, right. for it me like it was really important here, all these mm. people that are like-minded and then the fact that you can be more messy here like yeah. if somebody wants to weld or they cut wood like although you can be down and dirty over here also yeah. i like that 
the outside with the, the outside part for people. Yeah. yeah. It's important. And then you can come and go as you please. Yeah. Your own hours. Your own hours. Yeah, right? Nobody's coming great. to take a time how long you Which some places do and I feel like you mentioned yourself like you originally had to have a day job and you had other things to do. You had kids. I have little kids. So, I work. I, I could not be on that Everybody yeah. has their own schedule on it. And yeah. in different times of your life, you can do more and or less, depending what's going on. Yeah. You know? I don't Was there anything in your art career so far that you felt like Miami was giving you or not giving you? You know, when, when, you, when you compare it to... New York, if you could have said like, oh yeah, uh, I moved away from New York, but uh, for my career, it would have been like better or worse or you know what I mean? Like comparing well, Miami. Like, I, like I said, I got the projects here, so I'm going to mm -hmm. say I'm very happy about that. I am able to go back to my, all my families in New York. I'm very oh, fortunate really? I get to go back mm -hmm. quite a bit. I got to go back for work a lot. Mm -hmm. And... Um, I, I'm what you call a friolenta, like I'm freezing. I was always cold, so living in a warm climate. Happy is, you. Yes, and when I come, when you land here, it feels like somebody turned the lights on. Like mm -hmm. it's bright and mm -hmm. warm, and, and I love that. I also love Miami. Mm -hmm. I, when I was in Tyler, I had one semester in Rome. I think that was like an incredibly impactful time for me. Especially in regard to language. Like, you know, I really did learn my Italian then. I can't remember any of it now. But the, I quickly realized that if you want to, I'm a gringa, but to get along here, you have to learn Spanish. Yeah. And if you embrace that, it's amazing. Yeah. Because get over it if other people aren't going to learn English. You have the rights of an American, yet you're basically living in a Latin American city here. That's completely exciting. Mm -hmm. To me, yeah, the so, food. <laughs> I, I, no, I feel it's essential to Miami. Yeah. I think. Yeah, you don't find that that anywhere else in the United States. You know this. Uh, it's it's kind of like this mishap of like different cultures, especially yeah. Latin American cultures, but. Um, also, the Caribbean cultures that are here, yeah, and like, it's like it's really special. I think that is. I mean, New York has probably so many countries from all over the yes. world also like living there but it's not this intensity i think right but like, that also makes me think about like even the pieces you made for the franklin have more have softer very muted very almost wintry tones mm -hmm. i would say like you know like very pastel -y, very light and then the the colors you utilize here in florida are like that punch mm -hmm. like you have a lot of like reds greens yellows like it's just very colorful and so to me it's it's, it's a it's, tropical yeah, climate tropical. yes I, I could see that you know play and kind of mm -hmm. sort of show up in your work as well the contrast of the weather i kind of like that didn't even mm -hmm. think about that before until now so yeah <laughs> maria you have any more questions um and actually we're almost at the end is was there anything that you wanted to uh, any announcement or any projects well, i'm working now um, i live in downtown mm -hmm. like in the really urban core nice and i um got involved with our we have a wonderful neighborhood there of mm -hmm. like pioneers i mean it's still really rough down there i'm sure you know yeah and um one of my neighbors is eileen higgins the commissioner oh. 
And another neighbor who's just unreal is um, Steve Dutton. And so we got a grant from the DDA to fix one of the streets by Ceviche 105. Oh, that's so great. Yes, and there's going to be art. Oh, beautiful. I'm involved in. And so I'm just um, really excited about that. that sounds a new wonderful. chapter. A that new, sounds incredible. Yeah, so, and, I kind of look at that like when I was in New York in the 80s, I blew glass, you know, in the Bowery was where the glass shop was there. And, you know, and it was disgusting. And if you look at that now, that's the hippest neighborhood. So yeah. maybe one day Flagler Street will be, you yeah. know, happening, not all abandoned and Avenue 3 and all that will be beautiful. Mm -hmm. Like it once so, was, it used to be. It used you know? to be, if things come back. So mm -hmm. I'm really excited to be part of that. I love all my happening neighbors that are care about the community. had a community dinner on the street. That's oh, what I just amazing. wanted to say with all the tables on the street. And look beautiful. This is all this uh, man, Steve Dutton, really spearheaded that. And then I wrote the part about the art. And it's happening. So the great. DDA Wonderful. is behind it. It's really great. That's incredible. That's, that's going to take time. Congratulations. That's, yeah. that's a big project. Yeah. We'll see. Mm -hmm. We look forward to seeing mm -hmm. and hearing more about that. I'm going to put your um, information. If I actually want, JK, I already have your information on our website. So okay. if you're interested in finding out more about Stephanie, check out Rocking Chair Sessions underneath the uh, sessions or archives, archive section. Mm -hmm. okay. Okay. And our very last question is always, you've been sitting in a magical rocking chair all this time. <laughs> yes. And he grants you three wishes. Okay. You can wish for anything and everything, but you have to say it out loud for it to come true. Okay. Because these are the rules. I didn't make them. Actually, I did, but she didn't make them. <laughs> it's the rocking chair rules. Uh, what are your three wishes? Well, I wish for good health mm -hmm. for my family, for mm, my guys, for my friends. That's and lovely. Uh, naturally, just good health for the people that I love and mm -hmm. all that. Yeah. Okay. And secondly, I think you have to make a wish for the world. As it is, we are in a tough place right now. Mm -hmm. So yes, I, I wish good things for our world. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then the last wish has to be for another wish. <laughs> More wishes. More wishes. That's a good one. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you for taking the time out of your schedule oh, to come see you. us. Thank you so much for, for coming, coming back it was here. Great to that was Andrew. really wonderful it to was, talk to you. It feels nice to be back here. Yeah. Thank and I you. love your necklace. We'll show it in the Polaroid. But is that glass as well? This is. These are vintage. It's, I have a bunch of them. That my mother's beautiful. friend uh, does uh, deals antique pocketbooks and necklaces, and so we had first crack at a bunch of them, and now I hunt for them when I'm free marketing. <laughs> the colors are just yeah, amazing. It's this oh, turquoise. So I have yeah. some of the Czech glass. It's really beautiful. Oh, beautiful. Oh, I really, really into my vintage necklaces. Ah. Yeah. And then my son went and got me these earrings. These are new to match when he oh, saw them. Oh, my God. <laughs> I have a good son. <laughs> Two good sons. Two good sons. Thank you guys Alrighty for listening guys. in. And I guess we're going to be back next week with a new Rocking Chair Sessions. And thank you again so much, Stephanie. And thank Lisa. you. And good night. Have a good night. Bye. Good night.